You better get ready. The coffee's poured and the on-air sign's flashing. Broadcasting live and local, this is Lee Faulkner on A64MMM. G'day, I'm Lee Faulkner. Welcome to the podcast edition of the show and plenty coming up for you to sit back, relax and enjoy, including our trip into the Triple M Breakfast Cafe yesterday where we discussed formal dresses and one school's reaction to what young ladies are looking to wear these days. And it's not gone down too well and fair enough. We'll have a bit of a laugh with You Can't Be Serious. Uh, we'll hear from a mate of mine who uh, runs a little program called Before the Fight about the upcoming George Cambosis, a massive unification fight. Uh, and as always, uh, we kick off Friday's podcast with the full smelly boot experience thanks to our good friends at Bottlemar. All right, well, we are in the round 13. That means we are just a few sleeps away from the big one, the opener of State of Origin for 2022. We will get to that very shortly, but thanks to Bottlemar, we need to check off the rest of the round, and we do that with a little help from our tipsters. Paul Solid Reedy from KR Plumbing Supplies and Weston Clydesdales, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Lee. Good morning, Gav, and everyone else. And good on you, Gav. Good morning to you. G'day, guys. No need to put the sponsor's product in the fridge anymore. It's that cold. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I just left it sitting at the front door after they dropped it off at my place, and it was absolutely perfect, I've got to tell you. Absolutely. Did they deliver that early, Lee? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like yeah. <laughs> well, they do for me. Let's put it that way. Uh, so <laughs> we've, uh, we've only got a short round, uh, only a half round, and with last night's game, only three games for us to talk about before we get to the big one, State of Origin. So let's get straight into it. The Penrith Panthers, despite the fact having their half their team decimated with state of origin, this is how bad the doggies are going. Uh, Josh Adokar can't get his spot back on the wing in the Blues side, and they're still $3.25 to beat the Penrith Panthers, who are putting together basically a second-string side. Uh, is it that bad there in uh, Bulldog Town, Solid? Yeah, I think it is that bad. There's players that are wanting to leave or already have left. Um, They're in a little bit of disarray. They've got a new coach there. I think Mick Potter's trying to do a good job. But until they announce the the full-time coach and get some, I suppose, some solidarity around them, they're going to struggle all year. And Panthers, even with a second-rate side, they're going to be way too good for the Bulldogs, I think. I think so too. Gov, would you agree with that? Yeah, look, I think so. Yeah, they got six out of the Penny Panthers, but yeah, the blokes are coming in and doing a pretty good job. And they've, they've got a good squad there anyway. Um, they've been the pace setters. Um, poor old Josh Jackson, he's been a bulldog for life. He must be just shaking his head, scratching his head, wondering what's going on. But yeah, I think the dogs are in more trouble again this week. I think you'd be absolutely right there. All right, then we move on to uh, Saturday's game. Only the one seven thirty five Saturday night. It's the Seagulls up against the Warriors. The Seagulls, of course, still without uh, Trebojevic. Uh, he's injured, not at state of origin, and their, their injury woes are just absolutely extraordinary. Uh, it, it gives a bit of a sniff to the Warriors. Which way do you see this one going, Solid? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Warriors there just on go. the back of the Eagles. They're, they're not playing well. They've um, they're, they're, they've got so many injuries. Oh. So I'm going to give the Warriors a chance this weekend. This is normally when the upsets happen in the, the split round, so I'll go with the Warriors. All right, Gov, it's at Four Pines Park, which is their home ground. Uh, do you agree with what Solid's saying? Yeah, look, this is a really tough one. Yeah, as you said, the Eagles have got a lot out, and, and uh, Cherry Evans out with State of Origin. He doesn't help them matter. He's been leading around the park. 
But on the other side, Warriors, they got beaten by the Knights last week and they sort of didn't offer too much. Their halves, um, Tavita Harrison and also uh, Sean Johnson, they haven't been doing much at all. They've been sort of dreadful. So I'm, I'm going to give the Sea Eagles a hope on the back that they've been playing harder opposition and might just get away with this one. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the Warriors. I got a feeling that. Uh, oh, God, I yeah. can change. Uh, <laughs> 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 hey, listen. Turn it up. Uh, now, last week, oh, no, it was you and me that got seven out of eight. That's right. It was Gov that got five. Yeah. Uh, all yeah, right. Yeah. So whatever he's saying, uh, yeah, righto. Uh, well, but you were going to get that in? Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm on the Warriors. I'm going to give them a go. I, I think they'll go all right. All right. Now, let's get uh, on to the big, uh, the next game, which is GIO Stadium, uh, 4 o'clock Sunday afternoon. The Canberra Raiders, they take on the Roosters. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, Canberra Raiders fans last week solid very quiet the butcher i uh, i didn't hear a peep from him mate yeah they they were, they were always going to struggle when you start to play the top sides like the <laughs> Parramatta eels <coughs> you know they were going to struggle i don't know what Gov's going to do this week with no um st george but they're definitely going to win this weekend st george if they can win the toss oh yeah um so look i'm going to go with the roosters the raiders are the people are the players that they've got out playing uh, State of Origin with Papali and White and that, that's the heart and soul of their club. So I'm going to go with the Roosters to upset the Raiders. All right. And obviously, they're going to be missing, you know, the, the likes of Tedesco themselves. So, uh, Gov, do you think that maybe the Raiders might be able to uh, get a win away here? Well, they're going to be at home and they're without Papali and, and White, as Solid said. Collins and Tedesco and Tupac are out for the Roosters. But uh, the Eels frustrated the Raiders last week with their great defence. Um, the Raiders pounded their line for ages, and then the Eels put on two length of the field tries. I think if the Roosters can come with that formula, with that same solid defence, I think they can get away at this one. So I'm giving him a chance down at GIO Stadium. All right. So what are you crediting him with the with the defence from last week, calling it the solid defence? Absolutely. Uh, oh, you fantastic. Like. Yeah, absolutely. And he stuck solid with them too, as he always <laughs> does. Uh, I'm on the Roosters too, so we're probably, there you go, uh, the butcher. Uh, we've done something for you this week. We're all on the Roosters. The weight of the smelly boot curse is well and truly upon them. Uh, now, just before we get to uh, next Wednesday, uh, solid, what's happening this weekend locally? Yeah, there's plenty of action this weekend. So a couple of really good games. Saturday afternoon out at Waddles. Waddles will take on the Dolby Diehards. They're both flying high at the top of the ladder. So it's going to be a very, very good match. And then on Sunday, uh, keep your eye out for the Cowboys, the Warwick Cowboys versus Bally's. And Souths are taking on the, the Newtown Lions. So Newtown will be looking to get their first win on the board. But Souths, they're going along quite good. But the match of the round will be a Gundawindi Boars versus the Gatton Hawks Sunday afternoon out at Gundawindi. And the Wagner's Clydesdales, they head down to Tweed this weekend, Sunday, to take on the Tweed Seagulls. So the Clydesdales down there. All right. Now, let's get on to this one. Uh, the opening round, State of Origin, next Wednesday night. I, I've got a bit of skin in the game now because uh, producer Rob and myself are literally going head-to-head. The loser, obviously I'm a blue, he's a born and bred Queensland, the loser has to dye their hair the opposition colour. Uh, so I'm looking down the barrel of a maroon uh, tint. Uh, he's looking like uh, a, a gigantic smurf. One way or the other, uh, there's going to be a loser on the night. Now, I know which way your hearts are, boys, but with a number of debutants and a brand-new coach, uh, solid can Queensland win the first game in New South Wales. Yeah, I think they can, actually. It's the Turn first it time in a many, many years, I think, that the, when you look at the sides across paper, they're so even. 
They've both uh, been able to leave some very good rugby league players uh, out of their team. So uh, I think they're both spoiled for um, choice at the moment. So it's going to be a really, really good game. I think Billy Slater just adds another dynamic to the coaching staff there. I think he's really, you know, going to get these boys fired up. I'm actually really looking forward to this match. One of the first times you love Origin all the time, but this match is going to be a little bit special. And I look forward to Queensland uh, decimating the Blues. For God's sakes. Uh, Righto, Gov, <laughs> uh, New South Wales, and by how many? Yeah, um, well, now listen, <laughs> Fatty Faulkner, the Triple M sportsman. Yes. That, that red tinge will look good in your hair. Yes. Um, Penrith have got a sprinkling mm. of players throughout the side. Um, the halves. Cleary and, and Lou are going to uh, lead them around the paddock. I oh. think Toto's got a knee injury. Cameron Murray might be carrying a shoulder injury too, so that's probably could bring itself up later in the game. But you get to the Maroons. Cameron Munson's in absolutely great form. Cherry Evans always steps up. Um, Benny Hunt's been taken from the halfback, put into the hooking role, which puts Harry Grant onto the bench. If you've got Harry Grant on the bench, you know you're going okay. Ruben Cotter, the boy from North Queensland, he's had a crack. He's been having a good go all year. I think he'll bring a lot. And we've got Patrick Carrick in the Bronco man. He's got a huge body coming off the bench. I think that's the reason why the Maroons will get away at this one. Yeah, good luck. Uh, but for mine, uh, the Blues will win the first game of the series, taking it then to Perth. Uh, anything can happen there. And then Suncorp, well, I wouldn't mind betting that Queensland uh, can turn the table. So if New South Wales want to win the series, they have to win this game and they have to win in Perth. I don't think they'll do it up there uh, or up here. In uh, in Queensland, uh, but either way, New South Wales to win the first game and uh, producer Rob to become producer Papa Smurf. I uh, obviously the product got delivered to your doorstep this morning, and <laughs> yeah. you've had a couple very early, very early couple. Of I, I don't think it was just delivered; I think it was used. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to get rid of these uh, empties, and uh, you boys enjoy <laughs> the weekend and State of Origin next Wednesday, and we will talk. Next week, uh, one way or another, uh, I'm hoping that I've still got my grey hairs. <laughs> you cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious. And while the rest of the world looks on at the UK's Platinum Jubilee for an actual queen, you may have missed this. The world has a new supreme leader. A QAnon influencer, some people believe to be the true queen of Canada, took a quick break from her months-long tour of the country to announce her intentions to go global. In a statement by her followers, and I quote, the entire team was privileged to hear Queen Romana speak to the United States Commander and Chief via telephone. And wait for it, Romana Dedulo's press secretary told followers before taking a dramatic pause, Queen Romana is now the leader of the world. Speaking in a Quebec campground parking lot last week in front of her royal motorhome and a crowd of less than a dozen people who showed up for the advertised meet and greet, the press secretary went on to say, and again I quote, the only visible leader on this planet is Her Royal Majesty Queen Romana, period, and that's a mic drop. Dedulo grew out of the online QAnon movement, which believes there's a secret war being fought against the elite. Dedulo has issued, as of this week, 79 decrees, one of which is raising the age of consent to 24, although some of her younger followers were less than impressed with that. However, some of these decrees take a darker tone, stating publishing slanderous articles concerning Queen Romana Dedulo will result in an immediate 30-year prison sentence, particularly those in the mainstream media. 
Uh-oh. But it's not all beer and Skittles in the land of insanity. Some followers stopped paying their utility bills after she announced the bills were unethical. Those who listen to her now say they're being hounded by debt collectors and, not surprisingly, are having their power or water shut off. Whilst another woman who said she walked away from her partner and comfortable life is about to move into a car. Well, given the leader of the whole world lives in a Winnebago, that actually seems quite reasonable. But no, I mean the idea that some Illuminati is controlling what I say on this show is quite frankly... All hail Supreme Leader Bill Gates. You cannot be serious! Welcome, welcome to the Triple M Darling Downs Breakfast Cafe. Answering the big questions and solving the problems of the world. Uh, thank you to Milk and Honey and Street in Toowoomba for uh, being a part of the Triple M Breakfast Cafe. And I'm about to take into that forest uh, mushroom omelette. Uh, absolutely delicious, I've got to say. Uh, and I know my guests uh, are enjoying this morning uh, the house-made crumpets, which is uh, always a favourite of mine. Uh, welcome into the cafe, Debbie Bailey. Good morning to you. Morning, Lee. And good morning to Catherine Sainsbury. Good morning to you. Morning. All right. Let's uh, have a chat about this because this story... Uh, it just continues to grow. And I, I picked this out a couple of days ago and I was looking at it and I thought, yes, let's have a talk about this because as a, as a father of a, a high school student, a female high school student at a private school here locally, I, I know that we're not that far away from going through formals. And of course, uh, you know, young ladies want to dress like young ladies. And say so some of those dresses might to some be considered a little bit too risque, but who are we to judge? I mean, for goodness sakes, uh, this is a story about a Brisbane private school, Mary McKillop College. And uh, they are now getting national headlines, uh, thanks to this story again growing, because it started with the girls being told, we need photos of your formal dresses, because if they're too revealing, they make our male teachers feel uncomfortable. Well, I'm sorry, but they're going to have to get over it for mine. Since then, overnight, another young student from the same uh, school has come out and said, well, have a look what they did to my formal photo from last year. And she had a, uh, a low-cut dress that exposed her cleavage a bit. Uh, they photoshopped it, and, and it just made it look absolutely horrendous. I, as I say, this uh, just continues to go from one bizarre moment to another when it comes to the school. I, and and the, the, the thing that I'm concerned about, I mean, we just spoke about this before we went on air, is the message that this is sending to these young women. Absolutely. Look, I think it's it's really important that people are able to express themselves however is important for them. However, the other part that really frustrates me, I hate that the male teachers have been used as a scapegoat through this. Yeah. If I were a male teacher, and, and look, it's a pretty tough gig for a teacher. Of course. Um, and particularly for a male teacher. And to isolate them out and, and say that they... Um, would be offended or would struggle with having people with revealing clothing. I just think that's not fair. I yeah. don't think that's a fair judgment on them. And I don't think it's fair to use that as a reason to go through this kind of process. So this is more than likely a, a directive that's being handed down by those in charge of the school. And then this, it's an easy way to say, oh, well, it makes the, the male teachers feel uncomfortable. I, and, and as I say, you know, I can only imagine my daughter, like any other young lady, going to be going to a formal. They, they want to wear the dress they want to wear. Mm. Uh, why are we again, and it, it, it seems to me, Catherine, that, that we're completely sexualising this as opposed to just admiring it for what it is? Well, that's what really got me with this story is the message the school is sending to those girls. They're yeah. telling these girls that 
tonight on a really special occasion, but also probably for the rest of your life, before you put any outfit on, you have to consider how that's going to make people of the opposite sex feel. And if it's going to make them feel uncomfortable or excited or any emotion, you need to do something to combat that because they can't take responsibility for it. And that message is so dangerous to be sending out to anyone, Mm. let alone from somewhere that's supposed to be where the girls are supposed to be feeling secure and safe and empowered to be themselves. Yes. By giving them that message, that's, unfortunately, the girls are probably aware of that already because of the world they live in, but they shouldn't be then be being told about that again. And my other thought is the parents have clearly approved what the girls are wearing. A lot of times they probably paid for the dress. So if the girls are okay and the parents are okay with what they're wearing, exactly. why should the school have any problems? Yep. I, I, it's exactly how I feel about it. I mean, what you're just saying there, I mean, isn't this a precursor to exactly what we have been arguing against for a very long time now really? uh, when it comes to sexual assault cases mm-hmm. uh, against women? Uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago. And I, in fact, there's been cases way too uh, recent that have been, you know, come down to, well, you were dressed mm-hmm. like this. So, you know, didn't we hear that with a particular uh, young woman from uh, from Parliament? Uh, you know, that we are talking about mm-hmm. still in the news today. Uh, that you know, well, if you were dressed like that, well, didn't you expect that reaction? Why are we still talking about this sort of thing, Gabby? I mean, how, why why can't it be that a woman should feel comfortable to wear whatever she feels comfortable in, and as you say, parents as well involved? Absolutely, and look, there must be something fundamentally challenging happening in the school for for this to be happening and for them to ask for photographs ahead of time and to set out guidebooks and things like that. Um, I think that there's some bigger issues at play here. Mm. Um, If a school is mandating these kind Mm. of activities, what are they teaching these girls in the classrooms? If Mm. this is how they behave when they have this significant event, this milestone event in their life where they're able to express themselves and and have a wonderful time and be part of it with their families and their partners, Um, but then they have all this criteria and and unfortunately all this negative media attention around it. I I really feel for the the young ladies who are going through this process because Mm. this should be a fantastic time of their life and it's been clouded by an awful lot of conversation but also a lot of negativity that goes with it and it shouldn't be happening. I'd like to see every young fella in the uh, formals that are going mm-hmm. along wear backless chaps. I uh, <laughs> turn up in those boys. Come on. Well, that was also the thing. There was no guidelines of what the male, of course not, what the dates no. could or couldn't wear. And like, I do understand they would have to be the school would want to have some sort of restriction or guideline because it is a school function. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so, but like, so that's understandable. But the reasons behind those guidelines should only ever be because it's a school function and therefore the outfits need to be appropriate to the function you're attending, which that's a lot, that's a rule for life anyway. That's right. So that part's okay. It's as soon as you tack on the other reason of being the male teachers are uncomfortable that makes this into a really dangerous and harmful situation. So provided that they, you know, are not breaking the law by (laughs) essentially turning up nude and and showing body parts. So provided that these are just uh, dresses that uh, show off the female figure, Mm -hmm. should the school have any input at all, and and I'm sorry, but I, I don't think so. If the parents are happy with it, and if the girls are happy with it, I think they should be allowed to wear it. You can certainly weigh in one triple three five three. To both of you, thank you for tackling this one. Uh, not not the uh, the easiest of uh, of subject to tackle, but important that we talk about it because there's a whole heap of young ladies that are about mm-hmm. to go through that in our part of the world, Absolutely. and we want you to feel empowered, and we want you to have a wonderful night, and not be concerned about what other people might be feeling about how you're dressed. Absolutely. That's their issue. Mm -hmm. Thank you both very much indeed for your time this morning. It's an absolute pleasure to have you in here.
We've got a cracking fight coming up on Sunday as uh, an Aussie looks to unify a world title belt. We're going to get all the details on that as George Cambosis Jr. takes on Devin Haney in one of the biggest fights of the year. A uh, good mate of mine and uh, Lockyer Valley local, in fact, uh, whose name happens to be Rob as well. From before the fight, it is the one and only place to go if you love the sweet science. And uh, he joins me in the studio. Uh, G'day, mate. Mate, how are you? I'm great. Uh, You must be just chopping at the bit for this one on the weekend because this is going to be a massive fight and, and a bit of history could be created for Australian boxing. Mate, absolutely it could be. It's the biggest fight for an Australian to ever have uh, participated in in the history of the sweet science in this great country. Obviously, we're talking about the unification of the World Lightweight Championship. Mm. Uh, We're in the four-belt era, but we really should be calling it the five-belt era with the prestigious Ring magazine and George holding four of them at the moment with a version of the WBC, but the full title being held by Devin Haney. Okay, so he wins this. He holds every belt that you can hold in that division. He does indeed, absolutely. That's, that's massive. And, and as a, that is the first time an Australian will achieve that. Not only is it the first time an Australian's done it, we're still in less than double digits. So there's only been eight men that have done it, and uh, I think uh, three or four females. Wow. So, yeah, we haven't, n- neither, the, the, neither the, the men or the women have broken into the double digit. This is very, very special. Rare air indeed. All right. Uh, there's been a lot going on outside of the ring. I mean, a lot of toing and froing and claims of racism and all sorts of uh, things. No love lost between the two of them. George Cambosis, uh, he did this in the lead up to his last fight and uh, went in there and did the job. Can he do it again against Devin Haney or is this another step up again? Look, it absolutely is. When he fought Tifimo Lopez, it was uh, you know the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object. They both met in the middle of the ring and that's how Tifimo engaged with him. This will not be the fight that Devin Haney will participate in. He's a sharpshooter. He's very slick. He'll box from, box from the outside. And it's very important for George to negate that distance. Mm, all right. Uh, so, your tip? Look, I'm always going to back. George, hundred percent. Right. He's been up against it since he was. Uh, uh, he first put the gloves on in Sydney. Yep. He's always been the underdog. He'll probably be the underdog for these next two or three fights. But absolutely, I think George has got what it takes. All right. Well, we could see a bit of boxing history. That this is on Sunday night that this is happening. And then in a couple of weeks' time, our very own local uh, pugilist in Stevie Spark, he's going to be stepping back in the ring in a very important fight for him. But absolutely, yes. He's got a big fight. He's got. They've brought a uh, a big name over from Thailand in Kong Song, and. This really starts to open up the doors for Steve in the super lightweight division. From there, he probably gets another big domestic fight here in Australia and then really starts hunting that international stuff. You're probably looking towards end of the year, beginning of next year. Fantastic. Well, we wish him all the very best, Stevie. Uh, he's a fantastic fella and uh, gets a lot of support in this part of the world. Uh, mate, I know you're getting ready to help on a plane heading down to Melbourne where the big fight is going to be and uh, spending the weekend down there. You enjoy that and uh, and I hope that it happens that uh, Cambosis creates that bit of Australian boxing history. Mate, let's go, Georgie. Get behind him. All right. There's one place to go if you want to find out anything that's happening on the local Australian or international scene when it comes to boxing. It is before the fight. Go and check it out. And uh, the YouTube show is absolutely fantastic. And yeah, we're uh, hoping that goes even further too for our uh, our local boy and another Rob here this morning. Thank you to my good mate Rob Shife. It's 16 to 8. This is Men at Work coming up. An unusual story that'll leave you saying you can't be serious and 500 bucks up for grabs on the money map. Thank God it's Friday. Triple M.